Welcome to the RG Business Navigate series, presented by the Royal Gazette and RG Mags, a new podcast series focusing on global business and Bermuda. Thanks for listening. In this episode of RG Business Navigate, Jonathan Kent and Nathan Kowalski look ahead in Business Outlook 2022 with host Shivani Seth. Welcome back to the RG Business Outlook 2022. I'm your host, Shivani Sate. I've just had Jonathan Kent in the podcast studio at the RG, and I'm very excited to welcome Nathan Kowalski into my studio. Warm welcome, Nathan. Thank you, Shivani. Thanks for having me. You're very welcome. And um, you're coming in as the president of the Chamber of Commerce today. I had a very fruitful conversation with Jonathan about his business outlook that I know you've had the, the luxury of going through now. Um, what I wanted to talk to you about really was honing on the actual Bermuda economy. You know, what can we think about for 2022? Can we have a slight recap as to where we are? So, you know, I'd like to go through a couple of questions, if that's okay. Sure. And at any time you want to add in, we'd, we'd all love to hear what you have to say, because you, you have a lot of information for us. So obviously, the pandemic, which is what everybody's talking about. We're still waking up to what feels like another pandemic, Omicron, or perhaps it's an endemic. Perhaps we need to just move forward and realize this is where we're at and we've just got to treat it like a flu. Who knows? Um, It's caused a lot of stress to the Bermuda economy in so many different ways. As the Chamber of Commerce represents approximately 725 businesses in Bermuda, correct me if I'm wrong. in your capacity as the president, what have been some of your biggest challenges? Yeah, it's uh, it has been challenging times. I think um, from an economic perspective, it's really hit to hard on certain sectors. Anything to do with um, you know social distancing rules and uh, public health emergency uh, regulations has really kind of put a damper, obviously on tourism. Sure. And, um, so the restaurant sector and even retail to some degree. Um, so it's been very difficult, and uh, unfortunately with Omicron and everything going on, it doesn't seem like this thing is going away. And I think you, you touched on it a little bit earlier when you mentioned this, you know, is turning into an endemic. I think that's kind of where we need to get to at some point. I think we all need to kind of uh, admit that this probably isn't going away, and we're going to have to adjust ourselves to, uh, accordingly and uh, treat it as an endemic and kind of really, really do a double think on what kind of rules and mitigation measures we're uh, doing to business. Sure. Because it is really affecting our local economy uh, to a great degree. And, um, and, you know, as it drags on, you're just getting more COVID fatigue. And uh, it's really kind of hurting stuff. So the chamber kind of gauges this a little bit in different ways. We do a walk-around survey, for example. We did one in August. We had, um, at that time, something like 45 permanently closed uh, businesses that we noted. Due uh, to the pandemic. Yeah, I think time. most of it was due to the pandemic and the spillout effects of that. Okay. 95 kind of uh, temporarily closed. So these, you know, this is a significant chunk uh, when you're walking around Hamilton, uh, St. George's and Dockyard. Yeah, so we kind of, you know, part of it is we need to kind of get on with, we are starting to do that. We're starting to change regulations a little bit around um, testing, for example, and, and, and various Things which I think hopefully will encourage more business or business and tourism arrivals, okay. uh, which will really help foot traffic and stuff like that. Um, you know, some some of the factors that have really changed the way we do work are hurting uh, Bermuda. So the urban corridor is really kind of getting is struggling. Like we talked yes. about, so take Hamilton for example. 
it's a city that used to be more vibrant. Some people say it was never vibrant, but, you know, <laughs> it was definitely more so than it was. It is now. Okay. Um, and I think, you know, part of that is the work from home phenomenon. Sure. Um, does that work for Bermuda? I've been quoted as saying it doesn't really work for Bermuda in some sense because um, it does kind of crush that kind of foot traffic in the in the city, which is very helpful to local business, retail. Think of that. You go, you're, you're in town, you're going to go for lunch. You're going to go for retail shopping, sure. so it's it's very. And I important. think every city centre is suffering from that globally. You know, you can see it even in London with all the cafes shutting down, and again, yes. they have another work from home demand um, yeah. in the UK. So yes, I I would have to actually agree with you and say I think it's much better if we are back in the office yeah. for the local economy and not just the local economy, just culturally, socially. Again, if the move to endemic happens, we become more accepting of it. Right. We get treatments in. Uh, we get to the next phase where it's not so disruptive in terms of the restrictions around okay. testing positive. And that's that's what I'm hoping for. Omicron is supposed to be less you know, severe, and hopefully that's the way it works. Uh, right. We won't really know, I guess, until a couple of weeks, and I, I'm no pandemic expert, obviously. But sure. i am really got my fingers crossed that this is we're closer to the end on this, hopefully. And, and do you think there's a way that we can better arm ourselves here in Bermuda? From a business perspective, a local, you know, the local small businesses, obviously we've had an experience of this. So I think, you know, from a retail point of view, for example, there must be better ways we can approach this. So, you know, we've had lots of stock that's been cancelled, people that would have put in orders for spring, summer last year, for 2021 I'm talking about, they would have had to have cancelled those you know, that sort of carbon footprint, surely there's a way around this that we can better arm ourselves knowing that this looks like it's set to continue. Right. Yeah, I think, you know what, I, that's one thing I'm very proud about uh, for our local businesses is that I do see in a lot of cases a pivot here. So a pivot online, for example, and investing in that kind of infrastructure, sure. uh, the delivery capability. Um, and I think we've done a pretty decent job of kind of rapidly getting into the 21st century surrounding yes. that where we maybe we weren't before and now we've been forced yes and I think that a lot of uh, you know local businesses have been able to, to pivot around takeout and, and sure. online ordering and uh, I think that's where we can add some resiliency in, in the local business uh, it hasn't really affected um, say the international business scene because they no. they've proven that they can do their job very well uh, remotely working from home so that that has been a saving grace and in the disruptions we've had is they've kind of like chugged along and, and not had much disruption. But from a local business perspective, I think we've done a pretty good job of, of really trying to pivot and embrace you know, yes, alternatives, I think right? Definitely. And when I spoke to Jonathan earlier, we talked about global digitalization, di digitalization and what that's actually done for Bermuda as well. And as you rightly said, you know, many companies were forced to go online you saw supermarkets such as Lindo's actually offering those home deliveries. Yep. Things that we see in bigger countries yep. are now happening in Bermuda, which I think, again, is a, is a positivity. It's a positive outcome of COVID. Yes. You know, yes. you, you can sort of see the wood from the trees and, yep. and you begin to think, well, maybe it's helped us in some ways. Yeah, it's definitely accelerated that digital transformation, I think. Sure. And, and one of the government's um, economic recovery um, initiatives is to diversify Bermuda's economy through the growth of new industries. Yes. Is now timely for that? We talk about, you talked about pivoting, you know, yeah. your business model. What, what sort of new industries do you feel we could offer or, or any suggestions? So uh, 
I, I think it is very timely. It's always been timely. So let me explain why. So I've okay. always been concerned about the three, what I call the three Ds in, in Bermuda. Okay. Right? I don't know so those. Tell me what they are. <laughs> okay. So it's the debt, okay. the demographics, and the lack of diversity. So hmm. the diversity side I've kind of written about, talked about uh, a lot because what we're finding actually ironically now is we're probably less diversified. International business, again, has done well. They're expanding. Life sector's doing well. There's a, there's a bunch of new startups, class 2020, or 2020, sorry. Sure. Uh, and so that, that business side is expanding. It's probably a bigger part of the economy right now than it was. So the diversity question is even, it looms larger even now. And so these ideas in terms of economic diversification are very timely. And I think we should be throwing almost anything on the wall and seeing if it sticks. Right. right, because we do need to kind of de-risk ourselves, so to speak, from having a, a monopolistic kind of economy that's focused on insurance and reinsurance. It's a great industry. I think we're the best in the world at it. Uh, no, no problems with it. But I would like to have you know other opportunities for jobs for Bermudians that aren't all going to be actuaries and underwriters and, and that kind of stuff, right? Okay. So it's definitely good. Now, the, they have a bunch of, um, within that on theme one, and their economic diversity, which is the first thing, economic diversification. There's a number yes. of initiatives, like the casino, medical tourism, exactly. uh, small market, SME market. Just, just quickly talking about the casino. We were supposed yeah. to have one up and running by September. Is yes. there any reason why that hasn't happened, putting I'm, you on the hot spot? I am not, I'm not privy to the back, <laughs> the, the, the machinations behind the scenes okay. there or anything. Um, uh, I do see the casino and the kind of gambling industry as a add-on to tourism, a necessary yes. box tick, which is important. And I think it does actually do provide, it does provide potential for some serious jobs, right? Yes. There's a lot of money that is involved in, in uh, casinos and gambling in general. And so I think there is the potential for some good jobs surrounding that industry. And if it gets up and running and we do get, say, three casinos maybe at some yes. point, I think it provides... It will uh, provide yeah, more jobs. provides more jobs in tourism, which we need to kind of keep reviving. Um, I'd say in general, though, for... And I don't want to sound negative because, again, I think we need to try all these. Uh, we have to realize that they're not panaceas in terms of really moving the needle enormously within the economy, okay. right? So vertical farming... Uh, yes, great, great idea. Food sustainability, you know all that, and but how many jobs is that really going to create, right? And, Where, and will it stick? In and your will, words, will it stick? <laughs> and medical tourism again. I've I've never quite. I mean, people that have read my stuff realize I'm I'm not quite sure how that works here. I'm not sure how that would work personally because when I look at Bermuda and I've lived here twice over now, yeah. I feel I hear more about people going overseas for medical treatment right. than anybody actually coming in and then you do hear of the very unfortunate cases where people have to be flown off island because we don't have the facilities that they require to help them so right so you're right I, I'm yeah. also questioning medical tourism you know how does that actually function what does that mean in reality yeah I think maybe we need someone to come give us a talk to see what that <laughs> is because I don't I don't necessarily I see, I see you know I see medical tourism example going to Thailand for plastic surgery it's half price board certified right. Harvard surgeon uh, and, and maybe we do it on an upper end basis, but if it is on an upper upper end basis and kind of discreet, private kind of mm -hmm. thing, then you're not going to have thousands of people here. You might have ten people. You know, it's it's the numbers are not significant and compared to moving the needle. So, again, I, I don't want to shoot down all these ideas. I think we need to try them. But try I just them, I just would hate to think that this is going to be something that becomes five percent of the economy or something. I don't right. I don't see that happening. 
right? They're just not, they're not going to be big enough. Again, we do need to diversify. Um, mm -hmm. We do need to take care of at least or try to take care of one of those three Ds because uh, the other two are, are still a problem as well. Yes, they are. And just going back to your, you know, your thoughts on diversifying and the fact that when people were working from home, and I mentioned this with Jonathan earlier, it was really, as you said, the financial companies didn't suffer. It didn't even hurt them. They were home. Yeah. They worked from home. They even had lunch at home. So, in effect, they were making huge savings. Yes. So, yeah. one thing I'd like to ask you is, and, and I did ask this to Jonathan, so let's see what your answer is. You know, how can Bermuda resolve or solve the socialization, the social polarization that COVID has caused and will continue to cause? You know, we're right. at... And that's kind of a very pressing issue for Bermuda because you are beginning to see that polarization and that divide widen, as, yes. as, you, as you noted. Um, it is, ha it has been and was happening globally, so it's kind of not way different in terms of what's happening globally in terms of that uh, polarization, but the two Bermudas conversation does come up quite a bit. Uh, in general, to kind of, um, you know, pull people up, um, part of it is going to involve just getting the overall economy going and, again, back to a sense of normal. Uh, like I talked about before, yes. if we're back all in the office and we're back to where it was post-2019, mm -hmm. then that level of economic activity just gets an overall lift in general, sure. which provides for that group. Um, and all the local business and everything associated with that, right? Okay. Um, so I think that's that's still going to be the paramount thing. I mean, tourism itself is predicated on the confidence of of how we handle the virus, but also our regulations and how they compare to other jurisdictions. So, and our pricing, of course. So all yes. that stuff is comparative. Like before the before the pandemic, we were doing quite well in tourism. We were on the upswing. It was looking right. very good. 2019 was great year. Well, I have to um, say, I don't know if you saw the Vogue magazine. I, I'm I doubt you did somehow, no, the November issue. <laughs> I happened to flick through it, and there was a full-page spread on Bermuda, yeah. and I was pleasantly surprised. Yeah. And they were, you know, advertising, go to Bermuda on holiday. It's a great destination. Yeah. I was incredibly pleased to see that, you know, November 2021, Bermuda's there in yes. Vogue. Yes, and that's good. It's positive. We're getting out there. Um, again, we were we had some major momentum before this, unfortunately. So if we get back to there, you know, okay. I mean, we need to open South Hamilton Princess, uh, you know, yes. some of these uh, big that assets like that. That, right. mo that moves the needle. So when we're talking about moving the needle, let, let, you know, let's focus on that because that immediately would move the needle uh, sure. in terms of the economy. So, yeah, I, th I think a lot of that gets fixed as the economy mends, heals, get back, gets back to. And okay. I keep saying normal. Uh, I know most people think we're never going to go back to normal, but even getting closer to what it was in 2019 sure. will make a big difference for those uh, people and those jobs that were, or, or those businesses that were affected. Yes. And, you know, whilst the hospitality sector has taken that hit from the pandemic, on the flip side, the real estate sector has recorded a boom in their sales. You know, is this sustainable going into 2022? Because I'm hearing we might not have enough supply to meet that demand. Yeah, so so what from what my understanding in the real estate it has been an excellent year, excellent yes. year. Um, you know, it's close to 300 million or so in transactional value or value in 2021. This is up a lot from uh, 2020. Um, it's probably on the on the go for period in 2022 going to kind of flatten out a bit. I don't think there's it's going to be as is record setting as as this last year. Okay. Not from what I'm understanding and talking to the real estate people. There's just a it's just a low level of inventory, right? Um, maybe a year and a half of supply based on normal absorption. Okay. 
So it's just kind of we're getting down to a level of inventory and potential that is quite low for Bermuda. Um, the upper end has done well with PR, PRCs, BOTC people buying, um, and some international buying as well. People, I guess, were looking for a bolt hole, a safe place to go outside of New York, say initially to sure. escape COVID, and they kind of looked at uh, Bermuda as a potential. So we kind of had a surge there. Um, I would suspect going forward that it's 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 not going to be as robust, but uh, who knows. But so surely that should be encouraging to imply that the number of residents are increasing over here. You know, when you hear about so many sales. Yeah, so I, I think it's the, your, the former more so. Okay. Uh, I don't think it's a huge influx of people. We're not really seeing a population boom here. Um, I think a lot of the transactional stuff has been kind of pent-up demand from earlier, but also people wanting, like like you said, a, a newer place, a bigger place, sure. uh, given the dynamics of working from home in the pandemic. I think that was a big part of it. The PR, the sorry, the digital nomads did suck up some rental inventory, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, part of that might have been offset with, with stuff that was Airbnb'd and flipped to that. Okay. Um, it's tough to get the real kind of dynamics there. But I, I wouldn't say that the population level has expanded you know that that's still the demographics still an issue. I mean, if you looked at uh, statistics from 2015 to 2019, which is yes. the last set I have, and you just kind of and unfortunately 2020 and 21 is not going to be awesome in terms of this. But in terms of the birth death ratio, you had about 2,200 uh, births with at least one Bermudian parent, and deaths, uh, not including non-residents, were 2,400 and almost 2,500, right? Okay. So we've actually had deaths outstripping births for yes. some time, for the last five years. So the sad factor is, it, you know, it ha- that gap has to be filled with immigration at some point. And sure. so I think we have seen some immigration in terms of IB, again, the startups that happened. Yes. The life sector, again, has got a number of life, uh, for example, I've got a number of startups. So we are seeing some people move here, which is very promising. Okay. Um, but I don't think, it's not like we had a population boom all of a sudden in, in no. 2020. So, no, unfortunately. It would be great because we do need more bodies on that, which, bodies. which actually would go back to the prior question is how do we how do we bring up that part of the economy? A lot of the economy that has suffered, obviously, because of COVID and social distancing, is also suffering because of a lack of population. You know, if you had more people around eating, shopping, everything, it's just a numbers game. Yes. Right? And then yeah. they would they would do a lot, they would do a lot better from just the the general rise in aggregate demand. Definitely sure. no, um, you know I'd like to move on and discuss inflation with you. Sure. So <laughs> you're laughing before I've even said it. So same question I posed to Jonathan earlier. I'd like to hear your take on it. Um, you know the inflation figure here in Bermuda is 1.5 percent, whilst yes. the figure in the U.S. is actually approaching seven percent. Yes. So I'm questioning the number. It, it has to be incorrect. You know, prices have gone up. It is more expensive to ship items to Bermuda. Even just walking around the stores, uh, just yesterday somebody said to me, oh, we haven't had our autumn shipment. I said, oh, that's interesting. When are you expecting it? Yeah. We're not sure. We're hoping at some point next year. So there is a delay. Items are taking a lot longer to, to arrive. There are major supply chain issues. Yes. How can we stand by that number of 1.5%? Uh so we wrote about this uh, earlier in our in my company, and it's a it is a big concern that we see. There's a little, well, there's not a little. There's a quite a big disconnect, I think, between what you see overseas in the UK and the US. Like as you mentioned, in terms of the rates, okay. We kind of ran a regression and said, does that does that make sense, or is this? And we found that it, you know, 
the R squared, which is like how correlated it is, is around 65, 70%. So we do, right. we do tend to track because we import inflation. Yes. Right? We are an importer of inflation, of whether yes. you like it or not, because we import everything, we import we inflation. <laughs> so we, we're not going to escape this. So whether the numbers right now, I think the last release was August, mm-hmm. uh, are, are correct or not, I think the real thing to be cognizant about is about to change. I think it's definitely going to change, mm-hmm. and uh, we're going to see an increase. Now, will we see prints of... Four or five percent. I think we will. I think that's a high possibility. Gosh, that's you look quite at the jump, even, it, even with the three month lag. You talk about you know the last numbers were reported in August. Yeah. Even taking into that, uh, taking into account that lag, it's a uh, it's quite a hefty jump. It, it will be um, not. You know, we haven't seen this in decades. Basically, those kind of numbers. It's been a long, long time before we've seen anything really north of three. Even so, okay. if we start printing four or five possibly six, but probably more likely four to five, um, it's going to be a significant jump. And, you know, there's a number of things that would make that make sense. I mean, crude has gone up significantly over this period. So, you know, you know, power prices are going to go up with fuel yes. surcharge and everything yes. like that. The container con- container prices have gone from five, 6,000 to 25,000 mm-hmm. per container now. So, you, you know, you're going to see that. Um, and then obviously the the healthcare. So we just had these healthcare increases of what thirteen point six for standing premium, yes. right? Future care six, and uh, health insurance plan I think was six point nine or s- close to seven. Anyway, all these numbers are higher than five. Yeah. So again, we're we're I think there's a very good chance that within the next few months, when we get finally get the data in rolling into the end of this list, this this year into next year mm-hmm. at the you know at the latest. We're going to start to see some significant inflation. And it bothers me because we're going to go back to the two Bermudas. Inflation is a, is a regressive tax. Yes. It, it hurts the people expand. that, yeah, yes. it hurts the people that need the help the most at the worst possible time. Correct. And there's a, you know, there's a metric we like to use. It's called the uh, misery index. And misery index, <laughs> just, it's, it's a, yeah, well, <laughs> if you're an economist, that's all you do is you're, you're miserable all the time. <laughs> so you take the, uh, you know, you take the unemployment rate and you add the inflation rate and you the two together give you the rate. And we sure. think that could, you know, approach double digits wow. if the unemployment rate stays similar to what we think it is. Plus you get, say, 5%, 6% inflation. Misery rate's going to shoot up, which is not good. So we're... We're kind of, you know, the title of our report was Winter is Coming. Uh, we're a little bit worried about that down the pike. That is kind of one of the biggest Sounds worries. more like a snowstorm as opposed to winter's yeah. coming. Yeah. So it's yeah. going to knock us down. Um, yeah. You know, how is the CPI calculated here in Bermuda? And, and do you feel it's accurate? You know, we've talked about the time lag. Yeah. We've talked about a potential forecast of an inflationary figure around the 5% mark to be realistic. Um, yeah. So should we not be questioning how they calculate the CPI here? Yeah, well, uh, you know, short of spreading conspiracy <laughs> theories. I, I, I don't I, want to do I, that. Yeah, no. <laughs> I, I think, you know, there's there's a few things that are coming out of it. Again, part of it is probably this lag, uh, and I think I think we will see it. Again, part of it is a lag. So we're seeing August, and the U.S. is reporting November and, you know, get, getting into December inflation figures here. So can, so, we, not, can we not move faster, you know, I, with the calculation? I would love to. I would love to. We have these conversations all the time. Okay. We would love to have statistics. The Bermuda Chamber of Commerce is asking for this more in a timely fashion, so yes. on a set schedule. So let's say uh, we're in December now. We probably should have November. I would like to have November CPI, even if it's a first take and it's revised. And the reason why is, uh, you know, without timely statistics, again, all of this is just 
you, you're going to plan in your local business yeah. and you don't have a map, so to speak. I was just going to say it would better pre- enable people to prepare Absolutely. for the year ahead, look at their financials, be yeah. prepared you know, for, for, for knowing this is what's going to happen. Inflation is going to go up. I yeah. need to adjust. I need to pivot my model. Maybe I need to downsize. Maybe I need to think about dropping one line of my business because that's not functioning so well for me right now. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, for sure. For without sure. that, it's it's becoming a real issue. And we're living in 2021. You know, these aren't yeah. quite the dark ages. So, again, I probably want to reassert the fact that it's incredible that we don't have numbers before Christmas. And yeah. the last set of numbers we have were in August. Yeah. Yeah. We need, yeah. I, I would really like to see that sped up. I'm not sure you know, what the government or statistics department can do on that, whether it's preliminary releases that aren't perfect and then get revised. I'm still happy with that because at least we get some, you know, data. Sure. I, I think that would be good. The timeliness is really important because looking at, say, GDP from a year ago. It's not very you know, helpful. It's not very helpful. Not during a pandemic, certainly, yeah, because yeah. things are happening at the speed of lightning. Yeah, exactly. And I feel we really need to catch up with that to help everybody to prepare better. Yeah, for sure. Uh We talked a little bit about the economic recovery plan already, Uh, the many initiatives that the government has laid out from 80, they've reduced to 31. In your opinion, which do you feel are actually possible to implement, or perhaps using your words once again, what do you feel will stick uh, that that can make a difference to our economy? So avoiding all the small projects, as you mentioned earlier, that will maybe just give us a couple of percentage increase what are the big things we talked about the Southampton princess that would certainly help from a tourism point of view, from a jobs perspective for all those people that were laid off in the first place from the Southampton princess. Are there others that you can give us hope for, for 2022? Again, I don't want to shoot down any of these ideas. I think they're worthy of pursuing. Um, uh, Some of them are just like the infrastructure kind of uh, items or they're patches that need to be done so we're functioning without issues on the island, right? So they're not necessarily game changers on the economy, but they're things that have to be, you know, done in order to to keep us in business, so to speak. Um, Expanding the resident population, uh, theme four, uh, I like that one. We've already started I think to do that. Likes that one. Yeah, yeah, we started to do that with the um, PRC uh, the applications that I'm sure will be coming through pretty shortly. And, and hopefully that's we'll see if some you that. have been here 20 years, you can now apply for PRC, Correct. and it's at a reduced amount of ten thousand dollars. What we found is that you know once people are here, they do contribute to the island, whether it's through buying a house or keeping the business yes. here and pulling people locally and being committed to Bermuda. And, you know, growing that segment of the business and or spending more locally, which is really important. Uh, Rather than just taking all their money and leaving, they've kind of turned and recycled it back into the community. And I think you have come to that realization that we live on this absolutely amazing island with that. I keep talking about clean air. Yeah. But clean air is priceless. Oh, I know. You know, we have not only do we have the fabulous climate, but we really do have that cleanliness here. It's an incredibly safe island to live on. It's a fabulous place to have children. We have, yes. you know, international schools. We've got all the schools that follow all the curriculums from from the different countries that you can choose from. So yeah. I feel we have an, everything on offer on this small 21-square-mile island, and I, I think it would be fabulous if yeah. it continued to grow. I mean, I agree. My family agrees. So uh, we're very much committed to Bermuda, <laughs> and we're very happy to be here and, and contribute to the community in any shape and form we can. And we're part of that cohort. So... Uh, I agree. There's so much that Bermuda offers, and it's a beautiful island with beautiful people, and I think that's one of its strongest propositions, that if you give someone a chance to come and 
work and stay in Bermuda, yes, it's it's tough to for them to leave. I mean, they're, they, it's going to be you know incredibly difficult for them to kind of not accept how great this place is, and, and also the proximities of where we're, we actually are. You know, you're sort of six and a half hours away from London. Two and a half, two hours at most from the east coast of, of America. Yes. And you're two hours from Toronto. You really couldn't actually ask for much more. Yeah, and once traveling gets easier, it even becomes <laughs> more attractive, right? Yes, absolutely. but you're absolutely right. You, you, we have the geographic advantage that way for sure. Um, sure. We haven't really touched much upon the, the Bermuda debt. Oh, right. Big topic there. Big topic. So, so, so what would you like to tell me about uh, it? So that's one of the three Ds. Um, so a couple things. Um, I've always been concerned about the debt. Um, and we should be. Um, and part of that is, uh, well, Minister Dickinson just kind of released an update on the budget situation. Yes, the just good a few news, days ago. The good news is it looks like we're kind of coming in where we were expecting to on the deficit okay. side, which is very positive. Um, I do think, though, that we need to continue that fiscal discipline. We have, um, we have some refinancing to do. We've got $140 million coming up next year, close to $400 million the year after. And so, you know, showing the capital markets our commitment to the fiscal discipline and the plan that was laid off initially with this big refinancing that we came out with will go a long way in maintaining our credit rating and the, um, you know, our, our view in the capital markets uh, okay. with everyone. So I think it's, it's still a huge thing. The good news um, to talk about the debt is that it's about 3, 3.3, say 3.4 uh, billion now, but it used to cost about 5.8%. Now it's costing about 3.8%. So we've done a great okay. job of refinancing that. Yes. Unfortunately, it's growing, so we're paying on a bigger amount. But <laughs> the nice thing is we managed to refinance. And I think, again, if we can maintain that fiscal def, uh, discipline, get the economy going so the revenue side takes care of itself, uh, then when we go to refinance and do these uh, and any, any you know deal with any of, of, of these kind of refinancing or additional debt issuances, Credit ratings won't be an issue, which is going to be a okay. big thing for Bermuda. So a tall order, but tall order, but yeah. but if we get everything moving in the right direction, all the wheels will be going That's forward, and there's a lot there's a lot of hope in there for Bermuda and our economy. Yes. Um, so finally, before I let you go, uh, if you had three words or three thoughts for Bermuda for 2022, what would they be? <laughs> That's a great question. So I just want to remind everyone, or hopefully. Um, yeah, I'll remind everyone that, remember, you're spending someone else's income. And so if I had to say three words for Bermuda, I guess, as the president of the Chamber of Commerce, it would be support local business. Thank you very much. Thank you for coming on today. Thank you, and all the best. You have been listening to RG Business Navigate series, presented by the Royal Gazette and RG Mags. Thanks for listening.